Hey, Tim. Hey, Dan. You How made it. You? you made it we to made the podcast. <laughs> two weeks in a row. <laughs> two weeks in a row this week. Two weeks in a row. Uh, yeah. And the second week, we're doing the preamble. I mean, the preamble. we're getting a lot of good feedback from the preamble, I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, someone did message me and... Um, said uh, just called me an idiot and i didn't know what <laughs> i didn't know what they were referring to but then i, I remembered the preamble yeah and i was like ah yeah. the knock knock joke was it was it um a good friend of ours brett mcdonald it was yeah it was <laughs> that's where i got the joke from <laughs> it was definitely a brett joke um so i i i want to talk about something that's pretty serious this time tim um, okay sure why, why? and i looked up um, accounting jokes just because I wanted uh, to have one for the preamble and you know I'm sick of it Tim I'm just sick <laughs> of it um, here's here's some of the prime example accounting jokes the internet has to tell me okay um, uh, what do you call an accountant without a calculator lonely <laughs> uh, why do accountants get excited at the weekends because they wear casual clothes to work <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, how do you know when an account is on a holiday? No he, idea. He, he doesn't wear a tie and comes in after eight a.m. <laughs> so he, he, here are a few things that I'm just like I'm just it. sick of, Tim. All right, With these <laughs> negative stereotypes about who accountants are. Yeah. Uh, one, every one of those was a he. I know plenty of female accountants. Right. Oh yeah. Just going to point that out. Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't wear ties to work, Tim. We wear casual work no, every day. Never have. Casual work clothes will. every day is what we wear. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wearing the Too Drunk hoodie right now, if those of you yeah. who are viewing this online. Um, I often wear this to work. We're breaking all the rules. Uh, also, um, coming in after 8 a.m., that is, that, that's kind of true lately. I mean, we've been working <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I am on holidays and I have been working... Uh, yeah, during that's, that time, uh, that's a little bit rough, but hey, yeah. comes with its territory. Yeah. Being an accountant. Anyway, I just wanted to to just break the stereotype, just let people know that we're cool and we're hip, and and you don't need to be like that. Your heaps let's, cool, Dan. Let's keep it yeah. one hundred. All right. <laughs> Wrong one. Hit the intro. Hi, this is Tim. <laughs> this is just a heads up that all the advice <laughs> you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. And I'm Tim. And we are the two drunk accountants here today on the podcast. Good to be back for the second week back in a row. I'm going to call this a new season of the podcast. New we, season? Yeah, that's not a bad idea. It's, yeah. you know, we had a little break. We, we made a few little tweaks to the format, mainly just the preamble you heard then where we were going to say some jokes and just bring up some, some topics. Uh, but yeah. it is good to be back. Um, today we are speaking about something that we've spoken about in the past in a few different episodes and that's motor vehicles in your business because mm. there are a lot of people who would have just gone out and bought a motor vehicle motor vehicle for the new year and we wanted to just highlight some of the tax traps you can get into by buying a vehicle in your business 
um, and and the things you need to be considering. Yeah, people might still be looking at buying a vehicle as well because the $150,000 immediate write-off goes to the end of December. It does. So, yes, this could be very beneficial for you and your tax, mm-hmm. but you do have to be careful you're not putting yourself into a position where it's actually going to make things worse. Yeah, it could be good in the short term bad in the long term so mm-hmm. uh, we'll get into that towards the middle of the podcast but tim first what what is, is the, the tim, tim and dan low nice how's your week <laughs> it's been a good week i uh i got another birdie dan you got another birdie did you really yeah what, what the, hole the birdie man is back the, bird the man. Bird man is back <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I got it on the fifth hole. So that's the um, one after the water feature. Yeah, after uh, the little par three. Yeah, no, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, where, where you yes. go down the hill and then you hit over. The, that's a hard hole. Actually, it could have been this. It could have been the sixth hole. Actually. Okay. So it's like there's there's a lot of sand to the left yep. in the beach. Mm-hmm. You can see the beach, and you're hitting off an elevated yep. thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just. I hit a pretty good tee shot. I was going to say, that's that's a tough hole because on the right hand, you've got the rocks and the water feature and there that is. stuff. Um, yeah. It's very easy to hit it over there. So you sort of want to lay up, which mm. I did, but I was a bit too right. Like I was in rough yep. and um, and hill. So mm. I was... It was like an un, like an unbalanced second shot, mm. which I hit with my six iron because I also snapped my five iron accidentally oh, no. during the week. It wasn't even in anger. Do you hit the ground? I uh, no, I hit a tree. <laughs> I hit a tree branch. It just snapped in on half. The, on the backswing, like, I was, I was under a tree, and when I followed through, all right. Um, yeah, it uh, it hit a branch and snapped in half. No so good. That was unfortunate. But anyway, I, I was using my six iron hit the green with that, which was just amazing. I couldn't believe it, but it was still a two and a half meter putt. And you sunk I nailed it. the putt. Good work. Nailed you're the, it. You're the putt so, man. Uh, yeah. And there was actually people there to see it. Mm. So uh, yeah. Exciting times. Yeah. Well, I've, um, what did you do? What have you accomplished this week, Dan? Not much. Um, <laughs> I've got, I've got the week off. Um, this is, is my week off. Uh, last yes. week was your week off. Yeah. Um, but doing kind of the same thing you are recording a podcast on my week off, uh, <laughs> doing a couple hours of work at least each day. Um, yeah. To get well, through some when things, there's job keeper to be done, yeah, exactly. And STP to file, exactly. You, uh, yeah, you can't take much time off, exactly. But um, no, it's been good actually. You know, I, I jump in, do a few hours work when I have the time, and then you know, relaxing the rest of the day, doing some nice. activities. I did attend a funeral during the week, which was no good, mm. quite sad, but um, but it was also a good a good chance to see my brother was in see town, and, and yeah, yeah to see a few of my family, which was nice. Um, nice. But I, I do want to raise a topic with you, Tim. Okay. Um, I, I went into the office briefly yesterday because I had to pick up my suit, which was at mm. the office. And when I got there, there seemed to be quite a debacle happening. Okay, um, right. And, and my brother named this, and I'm going to go with it. It's called uh, Chairgate. <laughs> Chairgate. <laughs> and, and there just seemed to be a lot of tension around. Uh, we got some new chairs at the office that we yeah. ordered in. And, yeah. and people were asking me questions about if I liked it, how did it feel? They feel quite nervous about it. Like, do you need a new one? 
Um, and I just, I was overwhelmed by the whole thing, to be honest. I sat down, I thought, you know what, it feels fine. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with this. Uh, Mike is telling me there's lumbar problems. Uh, I was told you had lumbar problems, that it wasn't high enough on the back. Um, did he actually use that specific word, yep. lumbar problems? Yep, or? yep, and, and so did Sarah. And, oh. and uh, oh, God. I just want to follow, I just want to see if is everything okay with you? Are you okay? Is the chair uh, look, situation been know, sorted or, or is, or, you know? It probably weren't to be, uh, weren't quite to my expectation, yep. the chairs. Okay. Uh, but luckily, uh, we have a 14-day change of mind guarantee. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I believe some of us will be using that. They do look very snazzy, mm. but we'll give them that. And mm. they have a movable headrest thingy. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to be able to lift the back up a little bit. So, the problem was the, cur- the, the curve bit was too low too on low. the tailbone there instead of in the middle of the back. Is that, exactly. is that the problem? Exactly. Mm. Yeah, it just seemed there was, there was a lot of tension around the chairs in the office. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, you know, people, people were asking me questions about it that I just, did, I just couldn't answer at that point. I, I, ended up, I come, came to the conclusion that uh, I just said, if you decide to send some back for a better one, then put me on that list. Otherwise, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> put me on that list. <laughs> I think I'm on that list, Dan. Yeah. So the okay. problem is we're the tallest people in the office. Yeah. And so Mikey is about a foot shorter than us. Mm. Maybe even three foot shorter than us. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> Somewhere well, so, in that range. So, so Mikey's three and, foot uh, tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so uh, it's not as big an issue for him. If anything, mm. maybe a booster would yeah. be good for Mikey. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it doesn't have either of those things. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. I mean, look, I'm... I'm still back on the the full massage chairs that I sent through to you that were like $3,000 that could give you uh, Chinese herbal acupuncture and massage all in your chair yeah, whilst you're working. No, I like it. I think that's a good idea. A little bit of a waste of money, but um, <laughs> but still a good idea. Well, you're sitting, you, you could potentially be sitting in that chair all day. So mm. it's sort of like your bed. Yeah. You, know? you don't want to cheap out. Yeah. And in, to add the chair gate, actually, Tim, um, uh, I actually desperately need one at, at home now because um, my other one snapped. <laughs> oh, I did it. It was a matter of time. The wheel. It and it wasn't where you time. thought either. The back didn't snap. The wheel oh. snapped. And I just fell oh. straight backwards off it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing just tipped back as I was Seriously, standing Seriously, that is one of the most dangerous things of being an accountant. If you have a faulty chair, yeah. it's going to snap. That is probably the biggest risk you'll yeah. face. So I'm currently sitting on a... Hold on. I'll show you those who are viewing this. Oh no! You're definitely gonna have to fix I'm, that. I'm sitting on a footstool currently. Um, yeah, that's horrible. Yes, it's actually not that bad. I'm not leaning back as much. Mm. I'm kind of leaning forward a bit more, which is nice. Mm. Bit of an ab workout. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, that's that's my week, Tim. I just wanted to clarify, okay. uh, making sure you're okay with well, the chair gate. No, like I'm. It is stressful, but yeah. we're getting through. Okay, we are good. getting by. Good. Well, maybe um, next week we can well, have an update on chair gate. That's Chairgate, yeah. I will also, in the other things, I'm going to run through Bingate. I'm just holding up a few things here, which oh. you may or may not have seen on your bin this week, Dan. No. So, uh, I, I had a, I had a, a <laughs> I had a pickup this week. That's going to be my other thing. So, um, okay, cool. we'll talk about garbage at the end. I mean, we always talk garbage at the end, yeah, but this like, one will be it's about not, garbage. It's not really much of a change <laughs> from the norm, let's be honest. Uh, Tim, do you have a business update this week? Uh, yes, yes. I have a business update. Yep. Uh, it is it is revolving around the AFL. So there's interesting times Ooh, yeah. in the AFL. It at is the interesting times in the AFL. Yeah. Um, so they're actually 
vacating Melbourne, all mm. of the teams, and yep. they had to do it in a very, very quick fashion. Mm. So it's been been pretty interesting. Um, they actually last week locked down postcodes in Melbourne. Yeah, and a lot of players lived in those postcodes, as you can imagine. So, so I had to get out of the postcodes. They had to move quick, house yeah. in Melbourne overnight, pretty much, mm. to escape that lockdown. Yeah, and then um, this week. Yeah, obviously, as we've all been watching on the news, um, unfortunately, things seem to be getting a little bit worse in Victoria or yeah. Melbourne specifically. So, um, so yeah, a lot of the teams had to vacate uh, Melbourne by a specific cutoff date, mm. which was, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, they're either in Sydney, the Gold Coast, or Perth, which is pretty crazy. They've just upped and moved for perhaps a month mm. uh, to play a number of games which, to keep this competition going. Which might, it'd be all right if you were a young fella joining the team, no yeah. obligations at home, no family. But if you're an older member of the team who's probably married, you might have some kids, you know, you, you yeah. could be away from your family for, for, for a month yeah. or more. Um, and this is the thing. I mean, so Richmond, for example, it's really screwed up my dream team mm -hmm. as well because one of my uh, defenders, who was a premium defender who I bought, Basha Huli yep. uh, for Richmond, he, uh, his wife had a child a week ago. Oh, no. And so he's decided to stay home um, with them and spend time yeah. with family. It's their third child and they got a lot lot on their hands. So yeah. it's pretty cool that Richmond let him stay as well mm. because he wouldn't be taking a pay cut or anything for that. Um, I think it's a, so, it's a unique time of year. Uh, sorry, a unique oh, year definitely. in general. So I think... And this is why yeah. I, think, I think it's a very valid business update because A, it's a reminder that we're not COVID free mm. in Australia. So um, you should always be ready to react or to adapt to, to new situations. Yeah. Uh, we're not sure if it's going to be confined to Melbourne and Victoria mm -hmm. or if it's going to spread to other States. Yep. Um, and your business may be reliant on things that happen in Melbourne and yeah. Victoria, mm -hmm. even if you are in other States. So, so that's learning number one. Um, yeah. And, and learning number two, I guess is, it's great to see that the AFL um, and the clubs are being understanding of, of players that might have families. So mm. I guess in terms of dealing with your team, you need to be able to adapt in that way too. It's not just your product offering. Um, but yeah, one of the most important assets of that club is obviously Basha Huli as a player. So they want to keep him happy and um, mentally um, healthy. So they've decided to let him stay home. It's yeah, cool. I think yeah, I think this is as you said, Tim, a really good, almost you know, a, an analogy for um, any businesses out there right now. You, you really need sure. to be doing a, a recovery plan, um, mm. do some situation analysis. You know, just ha have these different scenarios that you can plan for. So if this happens, then what are the steps I need to take? And and obviously they've had, if Melbourne shuts down, what do we do? We relocate, and yeah. how do we do that? We do these steps, and they would have had that as a plan. You'd think. Um, or the exactly. AFL would have had that as a plan and told all the clubs how to do it. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, you've also got to be flexible with your team. You've got workers who are in different situations, different family life, different scenarios, and yes, you need to be flexible. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a great, um, a great business update, Tim. Yeah. So anyway, our thoughts go out to people in Melbourne and Victoria in lockdown. Mm. I've got some family down there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's not pleasant, but uh, yeah, I hope I hope that it. Flattens the curve a bit. Yeah. It's a bit, bit of a worrying time. 
Absolutely. Well, my, my brother um, lives in, in Queensland and for the funeral yesterday, um, so on Wednesday, he and his wife and his kids, they drove down because it was too hard yeah. to get a flight for all of them. Um, mm-hmm. So they drove down because the, the Queensland into New South Wales border was open. Um, yeah. But when they left, the border from New South Wales into Queensland was still closed. Mm. So they were leaving hoping that it was meant to open the next couple of days, which it, it, yeah. it eventually it did today. Um, yep. So they're driving home today and they've had to get a, they've had to fill out an application to get back through and they've got it, wow. you know, they had to print it out and have it on the front of their car kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but the, apparently the lineup to get through is like hours long. Um, so yeah, I think they're probably going to be staying somewhere in New South Wales tonight and having an early run at it in the morning. Wow. That's hectic, isn't it? Yeah. Weird times. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just strange times. And yeah, I mean, if you, if you then, I guess, look at government grants and the way that's happening at the moment, um, it just goes to show that JobKeeper really does need to stay, mm. especially if you're a business in Victoria. Um, and Victoria, as I heard over and over again during the week is one quarter of the Australian economy. So, um, yeah, I think JobKeeper hopefully is here to stay until mm. the end of September as it was originally planned. And then we'll see. They, they, they've built in the option to go, go to, to December to the end of December. Mm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to watch the, that space. Uh, Frydenberg even came out during the week and said he might bring forward the tax cuts. Yeah, I saw that as well. Which they'll for five years' time mm. um, of one tax bracket from $45,000 of income up to $200,000 yeah. of income. Flatten that curve. Get, I think it was getting rid of the 37 yeah. tax bracket and just keeping it at 32 for all that Which category. Yeah, is a massive, massive tax saving actually Huge when ca- you do the maths saving. on that yeah. per annum. Absolutely. Yeah. 5% pretty, for a lot of people. Like that's a lot of money. It is. Um, it is. So next they could just uh, forgive all of us of our help debts. Help debts. That'd be awesome Wouldn't as that well. be amazing? <laughs> that would save so much tax and stimulate the oh, economy. Just forgive us would. of our help debt. It's Wouldn't not that hard. It? We should, we should. That's actually one thing I wanted to call out because I checked, I, I have a help debt. Yep. And I checked the interest rate on that. And it's at like 1.6%. Yeah, which which at the time when we got, yeah, it was well below interest rates. Oh, that's, it, the lower, that's the cheapest loan yeah, you'll ever have. There's no security required. Yeah. You may never have to pay it back. So. Exactly. And and it's interest at 1%, which is nothing. Um, yeah. But now that's that's kind of high. I think that's high. Yeah. There's, 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 <laughs> there's, there's mortgages, mortgages yeah. for homes from banks that you could probably get between two and two and a half percent yep. interest rates. So yeah, it's, uh, I think they should, I think they should just freeze the interest on help mm. debts or just like get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. Just, just forgive them. Just, you know, just don't worry about them. It's not that hard. Um, <laughs> all right, Tim, do you have a tight ass tip? Um, yeah, yes, I do. Uh, this week is quite a good one. I haven't mm. used this one before. And um, mum and dad who listen to the podcast every week will love this one. Mm. G'day, Warren and Carrie. Is go to your parents' house for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Uh, Go to your parents' house for dinner and they will cook you dinner. Mm. They may even give you alcohol. Mm. Like dad's always giving me home brew Mm -hmm. to to drink because they're always keen to have a drink with someone, Mm. your parents, let's be honest. It's about a bit like you and your pop, actually, yep. Dan. Yeah, you're always going over there, tasting the red wine with him. It's true. very important duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, someone's got to do it. Uh, it's great. You get to see your family. 
and uh, you get a free dinner. If you can count on a Thursday night every week or a Wednesday night, uh, dinner sorted, then that, that's making your life a lot easier yeah. and a lot cheaper. When I, when I moved out of home originally into the Caddy Shack, which is a, the name of the house I lived in a number of years ago, um, the way that we budgeted for our food and everything was, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat Monday, Wednesday, Thursday was dinner at a parent's place. Friday yeah. is going to be my takeout night and Saturday, whatever. But there was yeah. always a night in there that you'd, you'd scheduled to be like, all right, well, I don't need to buy food for that day because I'm going to yeah. get food at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's awesome. And I don't think that has to stop either. I mm. think that should continue. If anything, COVID's taught us you should uh, spend more time with family. I think and, the issue uh, is, is that um, we're at an age, Tim, where it's it could be reasonably expected of us to cook for them. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. No, nah, mm. I'm, uh, I'm always uh, telling mom to cook beef rendang for me. So uh, yeah, if you're listening, mom, I'll see you next Thursday night for some uh, beef rendang. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like it. All right, let's move on to our main topic, which is the uh, motor vehicle tax trap. It's, yeah. a, it's the catchy headline we're going to give this episode. That's the, that's the clickbaity headline yeah, the, that we yeah. decided to use. Yeah, Maybe we should uh, call it, um, yeah. what, have you sent yourself death? to certain death because of motor vehicle you purchased in your business? <laughs> <laughs> That'll get a lot of clicks. A lot yeah, of clicks. Let's run with that a lot of the um, podcast yeah. title. Uh, so, yeah, the main reason that we mentioned before that we want to speak about this, a lot of people have either just bought a car or thinking about buying a car, and there's obviously a number of things you need to be doing, um, but there's also a number, thing, number of things you should be considering before you even buy one. Um, it, you know, and these go into the should you buy or should you not buy conversations. Um, and we'll run through a few of these as we have before um, in previous episodes, but it's just a good refresher on it. The first one to really consider... Um, is well, there's two things really you should be considering. One is what kind of business use are you actually going to be getting out of this vehicle? Are, are you using it for work purposes? Yeah. Um, and then the second part of it is how expensive is the car that you're looking at? Um, yeah. Because both of those things can create a problem. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty... Big no-brainer, obviously. If you have more work usage, mm. you're going to be able to claim more of that car. Mm. But a lot of people forget that. So they see this $150,000 instant tax write-off um, and they think, oh, great. Well, if I buy uh, an $80,000 car, that's going to save me $80,000 in tax. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's your first mistake. Yeah. And, and there's, a, and there's yeah. a couple of problems in that one sentence. <laughs> Yeah, so let's just let's just throw that one um, in the bin. Yep. Basically, you don't save what you spend. Correct. It's a percentage of what you spend. Yep. Now, if you spent eighty thousand dollars on a car, you're also not going to be able to write off eighty thousand dollars. No, um, the, because there's a cap yep. on what you can spend That's on right. cars so and this, claim as a tax deduction. And for the first time in a while, this cap has actually increased this year, Tim. Um, yeah. yeah, to a whopping $59,136. Yeah, including GST. Yeah, so I actually, I'm not even, I wonder if the GST cap has gone up as well. I don't know. I'd say it probably has. It, it's usually in line with the depreciation yeah. limit. That's where it has been in the past anyway. 
Um, mm. But I just want to double check that because... Um, yeah, so the, the, what that means essentially though is you can't claim any depreciation above that amount for any vehicle unless it's like a, a truck or yeah. um, a, like a commercial, a, a commercial vehicle. vehicle. Um, yeah. if in those situa situations, you can. Um, there's no cap yeah. on that because that's, you're essentially buying an asset. Yeah. Um, but for a, what's generally considered to be a motor vehicle, um, mm. the cap is that amount. And um, that's a hard cap. You, you don't claim anything above that or anything below that. Uh, sorry, mm -hmm. um, you can claim below it if the vehicle costs less. But yeah. um, And with the immediate write-off, it means you'll just get an immediate write-off of that amount. 59000 yeah. yeah. So now let's just assume you're paying tax at the highest marginal rate. Mm. It could be about 45% of that or 46% of mm. that 59000 that you will actually save in tax. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't get that that is definitely going to be affected if it's not this year, in future years, by your usage of the vehicle. Correct. If your usage of the vehicle is low for business purposes, then um, you could end up with uh, adjustments in the future that end up costing you tax. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is where I, I, I was talking about how the usage and the cost both come into play because yeah. immediately the cost comes into play because there's a hard cap on what you can actually immediately write off. Yeah. Um, but in terms of fringe benefits, which is what we're about to get into, um, which is the adjustment for personal use of a vehicle that the business owns and provides to you for private usage, um, that usage um, is really determined on, especially if, or actually both methods are really determined on the value of the car yeah. um, for both and then for the logbook method for how much you're using it. So yeah. if you buy a really expensive car and you don't use it much for work, your fringe benefit calculation and the amount that you'll owe in either fringe benefit tax or as an employee contribution back to the business is going to be massive because it's not calculated on the same depreciation and interest that you're buying uh, sorry that you that you use for tax purposes it's actually mm -hmm. calculated differently for fringe benefit there's a thing called deemed interest and deemed depreciation yeah and that's an and ATO that is on amount. the total value of the car including gst yes yeah so so the depreciation cap is 59 and that's what you can write off and yep. save 45 percent of in yep. tax so what's that that's let's just say 27 grand yep. or something that mm -hmm. you'll save in tax in year one. Mm -hmm. But if you use that car 20% 20, 20 yep. for business purposes um, and it was a $100,000 car, well, <laughs> there's going to be deemed uh, depreciation, which you're getting as a benefit for mm -hmm. fringe benefits tax, which is just going to destroy you yeah because <laughs> in the in the future years because the amount that they're adding purposes. back is the full 100,000 yeah. depreciation on the full 100,000 not the depreciation on the 59 that you were able to no. claim for tax so yep. you end up having to pay a lot more back um yeah. for your usage and and in that situation you might as you, you probably would have been better off just buying it in your own name and, and paying right. yourself a bigger yeah. wage to cover some costs you know that's it yes exactly so there there is a lot more to consider than just that instant write-off. Yep. So then you've got to think, okay, can I get a high percentage in my logbook? Yeah. Um, 
And for some people that's impossible. I mean, you might be sharing a car like I do. <laughs> yeah. Or, and, and that's really hard to or, get a high percentage. And, and you might just have a job that doesn't require you to drive anywhere. Like, yeah. you know, um, you could work from home mostly and not ever go to anywhere. You, you could only really be stuck at the office and not going to visit anything well, or anyone. Travel to and from the office is not business travel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're the kind of jobs... Um, and, and situations in which you're going to find you can owe for either an employee contribution back um, or pay fringe benefits tax on that private usage of the vehicle. Um, and the, the funny part about that is, is that, you know, a lot of the time you will see, um, you know, you might see accountants or you might see insurance brokers or financial planners or you might see any office kind of based job. Um, and these people pull up in a, in a brand new Mercedes and and the first thing you should think of is, God, that's got to be a nightmare in their tax. <laughs> <laughs> As an accountant, definitely. I mean, um, yeah, it's a nice car. Don't get me wrong. Mm. And um, one day I'd love to be by myself cars like that. But mm. um, I know how much tax that should be costing them yeah. anyway. And this is the thing. I mean, perhaps they're not doing the correct calculations. Um and that's a compliance risk. Yeah. Because, yeah, the ATO always say that work-related cars, they're going to be um, cracking down on. So... Exactly. And you can bet your... Like, you can bet your life on the ATO looking at motor vehicles that have been purchased under this immediate write-off mm. to make sure that they're being treated properly uh, from the other side if they've got logbooks. Yep. And if they're doing employee contribution calculation mm. calculations and fringe benefits tax things. So, mm. yeah, there's a lot to consider. It's not just that is, uh, the mistake some people make is that I spend 80000 on a car, I get $80,000 in tax back. So yep. that's completely wrong. The next mistake people make is I spend 80000 on a car and I'll save myself a ton in tax and it's going to be awesome because the business can pay for everything. Yeah. Well, you might save yourself a ton in tax in year one, but over five years it might outweigh the tax benefit you get from yep. doing that. That's right. And so, yeah, so that's something that you need to be considering um, when you are looking at that vehicle is if I want to buy a brand new Tesla and I have an office job that I never drive around to anyone's, you know, to visit clients or anything, then just think how much is it going to cost me to run this each year? I'm going to pay myself that in a wage um, yeah. because you will end up paying less for that. Um, mm. But if it's, the other end of the spectrum, if you're not using it much for work, but it's a really cheap car, that's yeah. not going to cost you much in that's compliance fine. and tax wise. So you just go That'll ahead and well. do that. Um, yep. So for instance, you know, if you buy a $20,000 car um, mm. and there's no motor vehicle issues, well, you can just use the statutory method of 20% and you know, yep. you, you're only having to pay um, you know, an employee contribution back to the business of, of four grand um, mm. back, you know, each year per annum. per annum. Yeah, which you can just put through as extra wages on paper. Exactly. And not actually pay yourself in cash. Exactly. It's a little bit yeah. of tax. And this on is top the thing that. people don't realize is the deemed value of your car and the deemed appreciation and interest on your car. So if you're buying a $100,000 car, it's just going to be so much more than you would actually expect. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, just it just costs you a lot of tax in the end. And people, they don't understand it. And so they don't count on that. Yeah. That's right. So, um, the other part of this that I just want to get into quickly is just 
Um, a lot of people, especially tradies, will buy um, a ute because they say this is a commercial vehicle. And, and there is an exemption yep. for commercial ve- vehicles for yep. fringe benefit, which we spoke about yep. before. So That um, works really well. Yeah. So a, a lot of tradies will say, I'm going to buy this this vehicle. It's, a, it's a, clearly a work vehicle. This is the one I'm going to be using for all my work. And yeah. the other one... Um, you know, I've bought outside the business and that's my personal car. We use that on weekends or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there, there is some, um, there is some things around that that you need to consider. One, um, if you go out and buy a Holden SS Ute that's lowered to the ground, has no real practical, you know, use. It's, it's, you know, it's a basically a Commodore with a, with a tray on the back. Um, that's not a commercial vehicle. Yeah, it's all to do with um, yeah. the towing capacity or the the gross vehicle mass. Yeah, um, and which used to be used to be quite, um, I guess, principle based yeah. from the ATO, but they've made it a lot more specific yeah. over the years. They have. And so, they've got a specific list of all vehicles a, that that are eligible, but there's not a specific list by type. But it's by sorry um, by make. It's it's by a type of car. So like, yeah. essentially, basically every single cab ute. Yeah. would be a commercial vehicle. Um, yeah. But dual cabs, which a lot of people buy, um, is a bit more... Um, You've got to do some calculations. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you, you need to be... Yeah. Um, you know, it can't be designed for the principal purpose of carrying passengers. So yeah. it needs to be, be a serious up. ute that just happens to have four or five seats in it, um, not not a fancy four or five seat car that, that um, you know that happens to have a tray on the back. <laughs> you yeah, know, uh, it's still possible a four or five seat car yeah. can qualify, but um, there are some calculations yeah. and you've got to do you, to pass you, that. Your use also has to be minor and infrequent personal use. And and over the years, that's been something that people are like, how, how do you quantify that? And the ATO recently yeah. did quantify it. Um, they put some numbers around it. They, they put mm. some numbers specifically around and, and, and what that means. Um, and it, I, I should have looked this up. I don't have it in front of me, but but essentially it's like, no more than a thousand k's in a year, and no trip bigger than two hundred k's at any one yeah, point, or something single, like that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, exactly. Um, what that means is really driving to or from work is is it, well, and down to, to the shops f- or to the tip or something like that. You yeah. Know? Well, to and from work is, you know, that I think that's okay. But yeah, if you, I mean, if you're going to use the Ute for a family holiday, yeah. Um, 1,000 Ks is so easy to clock up in Australia. Yeah, and it's 200 Ks in a single trip is very easy to clock up. Yeah. You know, if I, like, I drive to Sydney, Sydney and, and back. back, you know. Um, mm, from the central coast. Exactly. So, so, yeah. Yeah, so there's lots of things there you need to be considering. Um, yeah, just because you bought a ute doesn't automatically make it exempt is basically yeah. where, I'm, where I'm at. But, but that is a good way to purchase a car if it fits all the rules. Yeah. Um, that is one way where you will avoid this yep. motor vehicle tax trap. Exactly. And and it seems pretty tax. it seems pretty clear to me that it's like I bought a vehicle that's clearly for work and I don't use it much for personal use. It's a business vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that seems that makes sense. So yeah. um but if you go out and buy um you know a, a Ferrari um for two hundred thousand dollars and mm. you use it five percent for business work then Oof. you're going to end up with a serious fringe benefit problem and knowing a lot of yeah, money back that. to the business and, and probably mm. a fair bit of tax so probably just best to lodge a fringe benefits tax return in yeah. that instance almost yeah and <laughs> so you're essentially paying more tax and and if you go back and listen to our fringe benefit episode um we go into more detail about how that's calculated and, and what it is but but essentially it's it's to stop people having non-cash um 
wages benefits. and benefits mm. from from a business that that should have tax paid on it. Yeah. Um. So the other thing that people need to do, if you have bought a vehicle or you're about to buy a vehicle, you need to go do your logbook. Yep. Um, unless you're just going to use that 20% statutory method for FBT. Um, mm, but which again, is not advisable if your car is towards the top end exactly. of, the, uh, of the value range that you can depreciate. So 60 grand. Yeah. yeah. That's going to cost you a bit of tax. It is going to so cost you a fair bit of tax. Go do a logbook. So go definitely do a logbook. Go do a logbook. Plan it in a 12-week period that um, you're going to be doing a bit of driving for work. Mm. Um, sometimes you're busier and sometimes you're quieter. Mm. It should be representative of all of those times, but, um, but don't do anything silly like a big family holiday <laughs> yeah. in the middle of your logbook. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it needs to be what your regular use would be. Um, yeah, but don't go on a big family holiday and have all this private usage added to yeah. it. You know, that doesn't make a lot gonna, of sense. Yeah. yeah, lower your percentage. So, so, yeah, it needs to be a 12-week period. Take your odometer reading at the beginning. Um, write down every time you use it for business and how many Ks that was. At the end, take down the closing odometer reading and then essentially you've got total Ks for the 12 weeks, business Ks for the 12 weeks, business divided by total times 100, there's your percentage. And that's the percentage that we use in your fringe benefit calculation. Mm. And if you did do a logbook for a previous car and your mm. driving hasn't changed, then you can use that for your new car. Yep. Um, five years. As long as, as long as the logbook was done within the last five yep. financial years. Yep. And as long as your use of that vehicle hasn't significantly changed is the other requirement. So yep. if, if you've completely changed jobs, then obviously you couldn't be using the same yep. logbook percentage. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, as a quick recap on everything that we've just said, yes, uh, there is a limit to what you can depreciate. So, even with the immediate write-off, it's capped at about fifty-nine thousand. The mm-hmm. GST you can claim is also capped at that amount. So, you can't be claiming, you know, the GST on an eighty thousand dollars car. You can only claim up to that cap, mm-hmm. um, which already means you know you've got a, a big amount that's that's dead in the water straight away. Yeah, the GST. Um, just, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, fringe benefit is cal- is calculated on the total amount though, not just at the cap. So if you buy an expensive vehicle and don't use it much for work, you're going to end up with quite a fringe benefit headache. Um, yeah. So I'd, yeah. I'd recommend yeah, really reconsidering purchasing that vehicle in your business um, mm. at that point. Um, mm-hmm. Do a logbook, get that done. Um, just because you bought a ute doesn't automatically make it exempt. So make sure you're aware of the rules, chat to your accountant or just listen to what we just said. <laughs> yep. And um, then if you follow all of these rules, you can make a sensible vehicle purchase in your business and avoid the <laughs> motor vehicle tax trap. Yep, for sure. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah and- it's something that we see. It is definitely something we see and it costs people tax. Yeah. And um, yeah, it seems like a good idea at the time sometimes and you're sort of urgently trying to buy a car before the 30th of june mm-hmm. uh but yeah yeah and it's not too late to do a new logbook or to change things around and make it more of a work only car yeah exactly if, if you are um paying a lot of tax for your usage of a vehicle that mm. was expensive to buy yeah well maybe rearrange things get a cheaper car that you can use for personal driving yeah yeah and, <laughs> and that'll that'll really help i also recommend exactly that to other people tim who, who might have an exempt vehicle but you but have used it for personal use and they own a ve- another vehicle i say well just don't use that one for personal use use your Perfect. private car that you've got at home drive that on the weekends or after work just use your other one for work you still get to drive it probably more than the other one, but it's all work-related. Yeah. Um, and that way mm-hmm. your vehicle is exempt 
um, and you don't need to worry about any private usage of fringe benefits there. Yep. Nice. All right. Well, it. Yeah. I think that's just a good little top up of this time of year. It is. It's an important one. And if you if you are buying a car or you bought a car, get that logbook happening because your accountant's going to be asking for that. So they definitely are. I know I would be. Yep, I will Ask be. Um, so, Tim, let's talk garbage. Yeah. So, uh, Bingate. Bingate. Very interesting. If you're watching this right now, you'll see I'm holding up. Uh, a recycling guide. Recycling guides and a thank you flyer. And this was on my this thank you flyer and this guide. So are they saying that thank you you're doing recycling correctly? Yes. Yeah. So they actually audited our recycling bin this week. Nice. And left us this little flyer to say thank you. Um, and it actually says they've entered us in a competition oh, nice. um, to reward residents who recycle. So um, they looked through our bin before they collected it and um, they were happy with our performance, which is good. And uh, one thing I'm unhappy about is someone walked through the street and ripped off all the little um, serial numbers, which you would need to actually enter that competition. That's BS. (laughs) Someone's onto it. Someone wants to enter all of the entries for that competition. So the whole street, gets the thing so so they don't yeah so if you did well you get one of these if you did not do well which my neighbor was guilty of um <laughs> you get a <laughs> this is quite satisfying actually. yeah you get a you get a red tag Ooh. on your bin and they don't collect your recycling and their bin was overflowing like it was over full and uh they are gonna have to wait two weeks and sift through their bin and take out the stuff that obviously meant that it wouldn't be collected because if it's the same in two weeks time, I'm guessing they just won't collect it. So I'm, so. I'm, I'm really glad that you've told me this, Tim, because, because we're on opposite cycles. Um, <laughs> this week, yesterday was actually my, my garden bin pickup day. Ah. So next week is my recycling day. And I'm assuming, because I haven't got any tags, mm. that they're working through the area. It'll happen soon. It'll definitely happen soon. So I'm going to make sure that my, not that my recycling is, is never not tip top, but mm. I, you know, I, I don't put uh, pizza boxes in. I try and wash out all my containers. Yeah. Stuff yeah, like that. No, that's perfect, Dan. Like this, this flyer. So plastic bottles and containers are a tick. Mm. Metal food, drink and spray cans, tick. Mm-hmm. Glass bottles and jars, obviously, tick. Paper cartons and cardboard, tick. But yeah, if there's like food or... Mm. Um, um, paper towels, a polystyrene, or just broken items, mm. plastic bags, clothing. Um, here's the one that a lot of people get wrong: long life cartons, not recyclable. I think I get that wrong. Yeah, we used to. Uh, in some places, they are. I was about to but say not I, on the central coast. I think, um, and you know what? I, I I'm actually I'm upset at the waste industry about the inconsistency of it because it's if, hard if i have it's a really container hard. that says recyclable on it yeah then i put it in the recycling bin but it just might be that my area can't recycle that yeah and i don't feel like there's good enough education there's not but this is good this, this is, is good step. Uh, this is a really big pro yeah. for central coast council yeah um but i don't good think on you I it's even like a little magnet enough. thingy yeah. so you can stick this on your fridge i love it mm, that is good i love it i think they should next steps they should uh, weigh people's bins when they're collecting their rubbish. I- I'd love to see that in the future. And your rates 
are reflective of how much waste, waste you you're actually putting towards landfill and recycling. Uh, well, recycling should be free, mm. but landfill, that's what should cost money. So I think that is an interesting one. That is an interesting one. That would be difficult because one, not everyone pays rates if you're a renter. Yeah, that's true. For yes. instance, it's not really Very fair true. on the landlord. But then you just, I guess, change the agreement and you mm. pay for your waste levy or a something waste like levy. that. Yeah. yeah, I think... I think um, we, we should be paying for our rubbish. It well, should be costing you something because it gives you incentive to have less. Well, that's an, it's an economic thing. It's a, you know, externalities. It's, you know, if there's a, a good which is free... Um, mm. or, or if there's something that's common to the population, we all take advantage of it. For instance, yeah. polluting. Um, yes. In the past, you know, you could dump chemicals into a into a river because what do you care? You know, you, you dump in it doesn't, cost you anything. doesn't matter. But but it, it, <laughs> if there is a cost yeah. um, behind um, your polluting, then um, you have a financial incentive to then reduce that waste and and exactly. to make it better, which is the whole idea behind a carbon tax. Um, if there yeah. is a um, a cost to your carbon emission, you're yeah. bringing that you know that problem which will become everyone's into in-house production and making it an actual cost of your production. Then yeah, um, you're gonna make you're gonna make roads to fix it. Yeah, I think um, I think yeah, it's definitely a good initiative. And in July, I think there's like a plastic-free July thing happening. Um, this month. So yeah, I, I think anything that's going to spread education and get people to, to waste less mm. is good. And if it's going to cost you money to throw things out, then you might even change what you're buying. You might buy things that have recyclable packaging mm. or yeah. So, or you, you're going to compost more perhaps. Yeah. I'm guilty of that. We don't compost. We're, we've got a compost yeah. bin just too lazy to use it. There was a, a bench top in the red bin. Yeah, there was a bench top compost from Audi was on sale the other week. I almost bought it just to put my food mm. scraps in. I'm also confused about garden. what food scraps you can put in and what you can't. Yeah, it's pretty easy, I think. Definitely not pineapple. But. Yeah, but like, yeah, I would have thought pineapple would be fine. I know. That's no, pretty easy. I think, I think um, like there'd the, just be a few things. You can't put like meat for. and stuff in. Yeah. I've heard. And then I've heard the certain veggies and things you can't put in. Yeah. Anyway, we should look that up. Um, my other, other thing, thing, Dan? My other thing, Tim, is... Um, so, I, I don't really like throwing big things out. Like, I, I try and sell it. I try and give it away. Um, but occasionally, you end up just with stuff that you just can't get rid of. Um, yeah. And... That's you, not too occasional for you, Dan. I that's not think. true. I'd, I've I've never once ordered a pickup for myself, Tim. Never All once right. until this week. But but what I had it was just a, a bunch of crap that um, I'd tried to sell on Gumtree for like a year, right. and I've yeah. I've had on there for free for some of these things, and there's no one yeah. took them, and yeah. I had nowhere else to give them. So okay, um, I was like, All right, I got to get a pickup. I got to get rid of some of this crap. There's like an old cupboard thing that people just wouldn't buy. There was um. Um, some fencing that I had on my deck. Um, there was an old bin that was broken and that I couldn't fix. Yep. Um, an old telescope I had that broke oh, yeah. as well. Yep. Just a, a bunch of old crap. Yep. Um, so I ordered a pickup, um, put it out the front, and I was like, I'm going to put it out the front a couple days early. Give people a chance. Give people a chance to see it. And then rather than go to landfill, 
people will pick these things up. Any good, yeah. Anything that they think they can fix that I can't fix and couldn't get rid of, they can take. And I was like, great, yeah. going to a new home. How good is this? You should have told me. I would have come and checked it out. <laughs> yeah, so I, I put it out the front and I reckon half of it got taken. Wow. Yeah, and most of it was broken. <laughs> there you go. So like someone took the broken telescope um, like and it was, I I know they probably didn't have a good enough inspection of it, but I know that it was like the whole lens was bent and like mm. it, it would take. You probably could fix it, maybe, but it was a cheap, crappy one. So mm. um, maybe they just wanted a prop. Yeah, like I had a couple of like old scooters. I had an old camping chair that was ripped and a bit busted. Um, mm. that was taken. Um, the only thing that wasn't taken, which I was disappointed about, was the TV cabinet thing that I had. That was actually good timber, good quality. Right. Why were you getting rid of that for? Uh, I just nowhere to put it. I'd had it on Gumtree for about a year. No one bought it. No one wanted it. I had it on there for free. No one took it. What about work then? It wasn't nice and like it. It was nice, but it wasn't suitable for anywhere at work. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was like a triangle TV cabinet that. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't work suitable either. Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. I, I I was hoping someone would take that because it was solid wood, but no one took yeah. it. Yeah. No one took it. Yeah, it it is funny what people pick up. I mean, mm. one time I put out a whole bunch of green waste mm. um, and it was like vine that I chopped off my tree. I've got this, mm. um, I forget what it's called, devil's, devil's, devil's something. Snare. It's like a really trendy vine that you see in cafes and stuff. Mm. Anyway, it was like very dead. It had been out the front for a while. And um, yeah, and this guy just like stopped and grabbed like a length of it and chucked it in the, the back of his ute. <laughs> I was like, wow, great. <laughs> That's keen. <Yeah. laughs> and, and then I noticed, I, I reckon more was missing than just that. So people were stopping by. Well, I, hear, I hear like that people know what midnight it is in certain areas and they go on that night mm. and they drive around and look for all the pickups and they just search through them. Um, yeah. Yeah. You should, nice. I've, I've heard if you do that in an in a expensive suburb, you can pick up some good furniture oh, that people definitely. are tossing out. Go to Mossman. There's some good pickup piles yeah. in Mossman. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's uh, that's us for the week. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to get in touch with us, two drunk podcast at gmail.com, at two drunk podcast on Twitter, and at two drunk accountants on Facebook and Instagram. Um, send us through your messages, send us through any topic requests. We love hearing from you, we love chatting to you all. And uh, yeah, we will be back next week with another episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody, and calculate it. Bye.